0: Hello, welcome to an, an all brand new episode of Glenn is talking, man from New York. It's officially spring, we have, we've sprung forward into spring. Uh, you know, the equinox, the Earth, did this rotation thing. So we're, we're in spring now, thankfully. Thank God, right? Even though, you know, still March. So, you know, some bad weather can still sneak up on us. But if everything is going on. We got to take our victories when we can, right? We got to celebrate as much as we can. But everything that's going on in the world with uh, war and conflict and inflation and gas prices. Oh, oh by the way, it's a, a global pandemic taking place. And look, collectively, we the people, and by that I mean the planet, we've had to do a lot. We've, we've had to deal with political instability the past few years that we haven't quite seen in sort of, we consider Western, you know, stable, Western democracies. So we've seen this upheaval here in the United States and the United Kingdom. We've dealt with the pandemic. We've dealt with the economic fallout from dealing with the pandemic and and then now we have the conflict with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So there's a lot to deal with. And uh, so briefly, I didn't see the whole report. I think there was a 60 Minutes report about the mental health of, uh, impact of the pandemic on people. Either from from actually contracting COVID or from this depression and stress. And we've had to deal with collectively with a lot of stress from so many different corners. So... Is there any possible silver lining from any of this? And I would say this. In these past few years when you've dealt with all this stuff, pandemic, recessions, and everything else, you've probably discovered that you're a lot tougher than you thought you were before. You've got more resolve than you thought. In fact, you might be a badass. You might have looked in the mirror one day and said, hey, I'm kind of a badass. Because it's everything you've had to endure the past few years. So, hate to sound cliche, you know, they say, you no know, tough times don't last. Tough people do. Now, the, these tough times seem to be lasting, though. So, let's be real. Like, we, we need to, rep- we need some kind of reprieve. And, of course, anytime, place in the world, there is immense suffering taking place. But, yeah, you, you, you discovered, you've got some grit to you now. If you, if you didn't know that before. And if you were tough before, you're even tougher now. But that doesn't mean that what's happened the past few years hasn't, you no. Know, sort of, it's been tragic to deal with all the, it's been tragic to deal with all the pressure and all the things that, that come from it. So, you know, I just want to say a couple words about that. Now, here in New York City, and I, I wasn't going to bring this up because I did the episode a couple, a couple episodes, a couple episodes ago, was about. Who will save New York? Some of all the issues here in New York City. And I see a lot of videos online. A lot of people talking about, should you still move to New York? Is it safe to visit New York City? And as far as, like, there are still tourists visiting New York. Still tourists visiting the Statue of Liberty, the Empire State Building. Going to Junior's to get some cheesecake or going to Katz's Deli. There are still tourists coming to New York every single day and night. So, yes, I think, should, should you be concerned about crime? Well, you should be concerned about crime, I think, any era, when it's relatively safe or relatively, or when it's more dangerous. You should just be concerned. You should, should, should be aware. And these days, you may have to be a little bit more aware. But, yeah, you should, of course, you should visit New York. Now, maybe I have a, a, an agenda, because in addition to me, your friendly neighborhood podcast, Host. I happen to be a tour guide. So maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm just sort of trying to manipulate you... Into visiting New York... And then taking a tour with me. Now, should you move to New York? Now... There's a lot of reasons to say... Maybe not. Because... You know... Crime is up. The rents are still going up. There's high unemployment still here in New York. In fact, the unemployment rate here in New York... Is double that of the nation... And rental inventory is low, so the rents are up, but it's not in many apartments. So there's a lot of reasons on paper to say not to move to New York City. But if it's in your heart to move to New York, if you're going to do it, then you should do it. And especially this, if you're an artist, a writer, a poet, musician, visual artist, painter, sculpt, whatever you do whatever you do. This is probably the time to move to New York, even though it would be very difficult to survive it's always been difficult for artists to survive, but especially uh, the past couple of decades. This, this is not like the 60s and 70s where you just pay dirt, cheap rent for a loft, and you work part-time as a waitress or a bartender and you still work on your art. So those days are long gone. But the reason why I say it's a good time to move to New York, especially if you're creative, is because usually that's when things get the most interesting in New York. It's when times are tough, when times are when people are stressed uh, that's the environment that creates a uh, long lasting culture it's the you know it's the environment that birthed hip hop and punk here in New York and new you know all these different things that took place which you know had a huge impact on fashion and art it's, you know and you go back different periods in new york when when times were tough. It sort of spawned These new avenues of creativity Sort of changed the cultural landscape So If you're, if you're a creative You'd be a video editor, a filmmaker, a poet Whatever you do Now might be the perfect time for you To live in New York City If, if, if you're not inspired by it Then just for the stories you can tell Later on, yeah, I moved, you, know, you can tell your grandkids later on, yeah, I lived in New York back in the time when the, the pandemic and everyone was going crazy and blah, 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 and it was, you know, you can, you have some great stories to pass on to, to future generations. So that would be, that, that's a good enough reason to move to New York City. Now I mentioned before about the unemployment rate here in New York being doubled in that of the country. Some people connect that to the fact that office space in New York City is still pretty much unoccupied. I think, I don't know how legitimate this number is. I think something said that only about 20% of desks in midtown Manhattan or Manhattan overall are occupied. Meaning the vast majority of workers, office workers in New York City are still working from home or working hybrid. So, you know, part-time in their office, mostly at home. And there's been a lot of... You have a lot of leaders, everybody from the president to the mayor of New York City, people saying it's time to get back to the office. Now, the reason why they're doing this is because, you know, there's plenty of people who own real estate. There's plenty of people, companies that have leases, and people are trying to figure out, okay, how do we survive this? But also, there's an a impact on workers because the hustle and bustle of midtown on a, during regular sort of times, yeah... That leads to jobs. People delivering food. Bike messengers. uh, Anything you could think of. You know. It's, has that sort of impact. And because those jobs are not. At the office. People are not working in the office. So those jobs aren't around. People are not getting those deliveries. Uh, to the office like they were before. And people are not taking the car. People are not jumping in cars like they were before. because they were at home. Taking cabs or, or Ubers. Or. Ha- bars and restaurants, happy hours, after work events, things like that. Now, and then there's been some people who say, well, it's important to get back to the office because of social interaction. And there's some people who say, no, I don't want to interact at work with people. I just want to do my job. And let's be honest if you were working in the office, the politics of working in the office, it doesn't matter what company it is, it doesn't matter what job you do, there's always office politics. It's always very stupid. You have your micromanagers... The people who just want to peer over your shoulder... Then you have sort of like the... The snitches in the office... Who always want to... Run and tell the supervisor about something... And, and then you've got the people who... Who... Who don't do any work really... They're really lazy... And, and... But somehow... They don't get caught... For not doing any work... But you end up doing work... And there's like... And then there's... You know... these people... Then there's the conversations people don't want to have. What did you do this weekend? Then there's gossip. So there's a lot of reasons to hate the office. Now on the flip side, yeah, for people, for some people, that's their main source of social interaction during the day. And, and, you know, maybe they meet up with friends sometimes after work or maybe they hang out on the weekend. But most of their social interaction takes place at the office, at the know by the water cooler or in the break room where someone's heating up some stinking fish that they shouldn't be doing this is where most of their interaction takes place so there's this friction uh between work from home and go back to the office and, and what does it mean and to me it doesn't seem that complicated a solution where yeah i think people the lifestyle of working from home, people have a little more control over their day. They're not stuck in commutes. Uh, they can spend more time with their pets and their kids. It's easier to make appointments if you know go to the doctor or you need something. You're going to get something delivered. You're home, so you don't have to worry about certain things. So there's a convenience of that that people have experienced. And they don't want to give it up. And you can't blame them. And, yeah, I understand that companies are like... Hey, we need tenants. If we don't have tenants for offices, then you know, then we don't have t- we don't have enough tax revenue going to the cities and 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 local governments, and that affects the services that governments can bring can give people if they don't have the tax revenue coming in, and that affects the other jobs. So yeah, this this is a big conversation, but to to me it seems like hey, it should be, hey, work a couple of days in the office. Maybe two days. Maybe it's three. And then, you know, you're home. Uh, you know, a couple of days. and It really depends on the job, really. Some jobs are, are not... Out. Some jobs don't seem important enough where you have to be in the office on a regular basis. And... Sometimes yeah, it probably does help to have people see each other face-to-face more often. That's not, you know, Zoom. But these not to be worked around. There's a lot of smart people who... And by smart people, I mean people who make the decisions, people who, who run the world, really. There's a lot of smart people whose default positions seem to be s- stupid or simple. Meaning, let's do the easy thing. So, it's very easy to say, okay, that's enough work from home. Everybody back to the office. Instead of saying, okay, how do we make our employees happy? How do we still make sure that city centers are still are busy? Where that, you know, people still have jobs that sort of are produced from that. There are smart ways to do this. And this means a lot of simple, simple nonsense that you hear. Let everyone just go back to the office. And if and we're and we're still in the global pandemic. So there's is, this is another reason why people might not want to go to the office. They are, they don't wanna they wanna decrease their chances of not getting sick. So they going to the office every day would increase their chances. Especially when you have a lot of places where a lot of standards, and a lot of guidelines are not, not required anymore. We also mentioned the commutes, people is taking them you know combined maybe three hours maybe even more to go back and forth from home to work there's a lot that's a lot of time that could be spent doing something productive that's a lot of time that also could be spent doing nothing and sometimes doing nothing is the most productive thing you can do That seems sort of counterintuitive to to what some people might think, but sometimes doing nothing is the best thing to do. I used to get jealous whenever I worked in office environments by people who were cigarette smokers because they were always taking cigarette breaks, especially the ones who were like really, you know, serious smokers. But it was like every like, it's like once an hour, they were out either somewhere downstairs or they were some, somewhere, they they were somewhere getting a smoke. I used to be kind of jealous. I'm like, man, I kind of wish I was, I kind of wish I smoked cigarettes. I had a reason. To leave once an hour for like fifteen minutes and not see anyone or talk to anyone. So we need we need employers, and leaders to admit that office environments can, be not only, negative; they can be toxic and they can be counterproductive to the actual work that needs to be done. and And companies need to figure this out. So there's these blanket statements. And I understand some companies are in a, in a position where hey they 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 they're stuck in these leases where that they have, but if most of the employees are not there then what's the point? Well maybe they can sublease some of that space. There there are ways to work around this. There you know I just need smart people actually being smart instead of being doing the simple easy thing or saying the simple easy thing. And yeah and. And does everyone who loves office culture and environment is, is all of those people just like needy? No, I mean Look, we gotta, we gotta realize they are extroverts, they are introverts There are some people who are a combination of both Some people have different social needs Some people have different social batteries So I understand some people who Want to get to the office Because it depends on your job you have uh, Some jobs you have it might be... You might... You want to get to the office... Because maybe... There's some cool people there. I think in my entire life... I had maybe... Two jobs... That I was... Maybe three. There's like... Very few jobs... Where I was just, I can't... I can't wait to get to work. Now one... would had a job... It was like... It wasn't even for the work itself. It was just... It was just... People... There was like... It was like this kind of retail... Tourism place... And... It was just a cool environment. There's a lot of people that I I got to work with were really cool and fun. And it was like a, it was like a, almost a party like environment almost every, you know, time. So it was just fun. The work itself wasn't, wasn't anything special. But it was like, oh, it was cool to go to work. It wasn't, it wasn't, and I was happy to get off work. It was other times time to go. But, you know, then there was a couple, of, then my job doing tourism, doing, being a tour guide. But hey, I can't wait to get to work. I can't wait to meet some people and tell them these stories and show them around. But most people, most people don't have jobs that they like. So if they don't have jobs that they like, you got to give them something. You got to throw them a bone. And that bone is being at home. So they can, yeah, they can work in their pajamas. They can, you know, eat as much cereal as they want. Receive packages. Make their own lunch. Maybe spend time with their kids when they get home from school right away. Maybe, you know, pet their dogs and their cats or their parakeets or whatever they got. We, 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 you know, we, we, there's got to be some level of understanding. And I know, all the, I know, the, real, I know the poor real estate tyco- tycoons. I know you need, to, you need your businesses filled. You need your buildings filled. You need those leases. You need that money. And I know mayors and governors, you need that tax revenue. I understand. My heart is with you. But this, let's use our brains and, and fix this together. So on that note, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Glenn Price, man. Glenn with two ends, Price, man with two ends. Also, you want to email me as podcast at manglenn.com. You know the deal, man with two wins, Glenn with two ends. And if you would like to support this podcast, uh, I'm on Venmo with the handle at manglenn.com. You know the deal already. Man with two wins. Glenn with two wins. And you can go to buy me a coffee slash man Glenn. If you would like to support this podcast, you can find all that information in the podcast notes. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself.